Welcome back to Pastor's Prophecy Hour, your midweek installment of the Greater Life Church podcast. I'm Landon, and I'm excited to report that we're back with a new episode this week. Pastor Andrew, what are we talking about in this episode? Landon, you know, it's good to be back uh, for a new episode. Uh, We've got a lot we're going over. It's going to be short and fast, but we're talking about natural phenomena, things like earthquakes, volcanoes and such, and how quickly those are becoming more common. We've got a lot of graphics and things that I encourage all of our listeners to grab a hold of. If you go to greaterlife.church slash media and click on an episode of Pastor's Prophecy Hour, you'll see a section called Downloads. Those are the screenshots with a timestamp of how far into the episode that screenshot was used. And then also we're going to be talking about UFOs and what really is going on with UFOs. And there's there's a biblical explanation to all of that. All right, let's get into it. Thanks. Here we go. Ready? Luke chapter 21, verse 26. Luke chapter 21, verse 26 says, People will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth, for the powers in in the heavens will be shaken. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and great glory. So when all these things happen, and all these things begin to happen, stand and look up for your salvation is near. I wanted to start with that verse tonight and remind you that what we talk about here at Pastor's Prophecy Hour is in no way, shape, or form supposed to bring fear into the life of the believer. It doesn't. It shouldn't. It is to stoke us in hope to know that Jesus is coming soon. Tonight's topic, natural phenomena and UFOs. Are you ready? (laughs) Now, I was talking to Kelly about this, and uh, I'll share with you the way that I view this. I may have said this before, and if I have, I'm sorry. But the way I look at it, how many of you guys know that how a coffee maker works? You put the filter in, you put the coffee in, and what comes out is this wonderful liquid that inspires your day, right? Caffeine, the coffee. So it is my responsibility, or at least I see it that way, in Pastor's Prophecy Hour to serve as the filter to get out the grounds and bring you the good stuff, amen? Because if, I, if you're chewing on grounds, it's, it's not gonna be comfortable. And uh, I hope and pray that you also have discernment. What I teach tonight, what I share with you tonight, please be a student of the word on your own. If you have doubts, concerns, thank you, Justin. Yeah, <laughs> armor barrier, just give me a sip of it. Um, if you have doubts, concerns, or you wanna look something up on here, do it, always. Send me an email if I'm wrong, but I'm not. Here we go. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited about tonight. (sighs) Genesis chapter 6. I keep coming back to the idea of the days of Noah, when Jesus said, it will be as in the days of Noah. And I really feel, because every time I look at it, I see something else. What was it like in the days of Noah in comparison to now? How many of you guys understand that there was a start to this world, there will be an end, and there's a cycle in between, right? The cycle is hinged on the cross, That's the way I look at it. 
that everything rotates around that point in time in history where salvation entered the world. Because the Bible even talks about how when Jesus died, he died for all people before and after the cross. Now, we look at the days of Noah and Jesus saying it will be as in the days of Noah. What was going on in the days of Noah? Let me see if I can find the right passage here. Beginning in verse 1, then the people, and I've read this several times, but I think it's important. Then the people began to multiply on the earth, and daughters were born to them. The sons of God, fallen angels, saw the beautiful women and took them. Uh, everybody makes fun of me because I really strain when I do this. Okay. And took any they wanted as their wives. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time, for they are only mortal flesh. In the future, their normal lifespan will be no more than 120 years. Verse 4, in those days, and for some time after that, giant Nephilites lived on the earth, and whenever the sons of God had intercourse with women, they gave birth to children who became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient time. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. He saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry that he ever made them. What we see in the days of Noah is fallen angels literally getting into bed with humanity and creating a race of people that is neither God's creation nor pure in the flesh. It is something different totally. Something within the DNA of humanity has now been manipulated, changed to where it is not, was not, can never be what God created in the garden, right? And then there was an uprising, the Nephilim, the warriors of old. In order for there to be warriors, what must there be? Conflict and war, right? So the warriors of old, and there's fighting and evil and everything all over the world at that time, and God says, enough is enough. I'm going to send a flood. I'm going to destroy the world. Now, at the end of the day, the days of Noah like today, of course, we see that evil is growing in the world. The things people think about are evil more consistently than they've ever been. But I want you to pay attention to something. Tonight, when I talk about what we're talking about, I believe also that there is an angelic, fallen angelic uprising taking place right before our very eyes. As it was in the days of Noah, the angels that were fallen created an army and tried to take on the righteous. And now we find these things beginning to happen right before our very eyes. The difference between then and now is the world was destroyed with water, and God promised he would never do that again. We know that now it will be destroyed this time around with fire, 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. This is my second letter to you, dear friends, and in both of them I've tried to stimulate your whole, wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. I want you to remember what the holy prophets said long ago and what our Lord and Savior commanded through the apostles. Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come. Anybody know any scoffers? Mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? 
Just because Jesus hadn't come yet doesn't mean he's not coming. But how many, how many used to be Bible believing denominations and churches are now saying that that revelation is strictly, strictly symbolic? How many used to be Bible believing churches and even mainline denominations are going all the way away from prophecy altogether and saying this is as good as it's going to get? They will say what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again. From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was created. They deliberately forget that God made the heavens by the word of his command. He brought the earth out of the water, surrounded it with water. Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world in a mighty flood. Verse 7, and by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. <laughs> they are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. We live in an earth that is firewood. Everything we see is being stored up for the day when God says, now is the time for judgment. It's the last reset button. Now, let me show you a couple of natural phenomena things. Let's start with a fun one. Let's say you. How about raining fish? Over the past 20 or 30 years, there's a phenomena that's actually prophesied in Zephaniah when it talks about fish and wildlife being destroyed, that literally typhoons will pick up fish out of rivers and bodies of water, small ones, carry them into the firmament, into the clouds, hold them there. They're living because how many of you guys understand there's moisture in the air, right? They're up there and then they come down. As a matter of fact, and I think it was Costa Rica, so I'm glad we have missionaries that are going there. In Costa Rica, just this past week, hundreds of birds fell out of the sky out of nowhere. How, how does a bird fall out of the sky? I mean, especially hundreds of birds. I can get one has a bad day and just whatever. But hundreds of them together is just, and there's video evidence on it. So here's a natural phenomena that actually is biblical in Zephaniah. Let's look at earthquakes. This next one is a chart. Well, this is volcanoes. So if the, if the Bible tells us that we're going to be destroyed by fire, there's two ways that I can see that happening pretty quickly. And it's not California spreading all the way across the, the nation, the wildfires. It is volcanoes. And what's the other one? Asteroids. Yep. From space, right? So go back to volcanoes. Check it out. Look at that timeline. It's it's getting crazy. Now, the data shows us that the more the world goes along, something called entropy is happening. Entropy means that it starts off good, but it begins to fall apart right after it starts. God created, sin entered the world, and the world started falling apart. The Bible tells us that all of creation is groaning out for redemption, right? Now, check out the, um, the next one, earthquakes. No, this is asteroids. Ooh. 
someone had the, had the audacity to call an asteroid Wormwood, which is in Revelation. That's the name of the star that falls from heaven that destroys a third of the population. Wormwood, let's call it Wormwood. Maybe it'll never hit us. Well, guys, you're playing with fire. What does Proverbs say? You can't play with fire in your lap and not get burned. This is the timeline. Go to the next one. This is a earthquake that happened in, I believe it was Japan. It was a nine on the Richter scale. So this is a before and after. Nice day at the beautiful beach on the right. And then everything falls apart on the left. So we have a mighty wave that came off an earthquake. Let's look at some of the damage that a nine on the Richter scale does. This is a nine. Don't forget this is a nine. Can, Paul's right there. How did a plane crash from an earthquake? I mean, really, that's an honest question. I mean, how did that? Yeah, it must have been a parked plane in the local Walmart parking lot. Anyway, keep going. This is an airport you could tell up there. Anyway, go ahead. Now, <laughs> that was 10 years ago, 9.0 earthquake off of Japan's northern shore. It was the most powerful earthquake ever recorded to have hit a, a country, destroyed, 130, uh, destroyed miles of shoreline, and had a tsunami wave as high as 30, 130 feet. The um, took nearly 16,000 lives, destroyed a nuclear power plant. I mean, just the destruction was terrible. Nine on the Richter scale. Now, Revelation 8, 8. I might just get contacts. Revelation 8, 8. The second angel blew the trumpet and a great mountain of fire was thrown into the sea. One third of the water in the sea became blood. One third of all things living in the sea died and one third of all the ships on the sea were destroyed. You can only get up to a 10 on the Richter scale with the way the world is if there's a fault line, a fault line earthquake. However, if a meteor or an asteroid or something like that were to hit with external force, it quickly could go up from there. Now, to give you an idea, a 20-type earthquake would leave the earth shaking solid the entire world for five minutes straight. Many earthquakes, it's just very brief, less than a minute, and it destroys cities. You find this 20-type earthquake, to give you an idea, that a one on the Richter scale in comparison to a two, the two is 30 times, 32 times more powerful than a one. Go from two to three, the three is a thousand times more powerful than a two. So you see how it elevates drastically. So now this is a nine, so can you picture in your mind what a 20 would do? It would literally rip the earth apart. Now, what do I say that for? Sometimes we hear these things about the earthquake and about the earth shaking and about this disaster and things happening upon the earth, and we have a hard time grasping how that could take place. But I'm telling you, without any outside measure, an entire coastline is being destroyed by a nine on the Richter scale. Since the days of Noah, 
scientists have concluded that since, since the flood and everything, they've looked back at these mutations in people's DNA. A guy named Dr. Jay Sanford, 2008, put in his paper that there are over 1,000 nucleotide mutations per person per generation. What does that mean? That means they're falling apart that fast. We are becoming more and more unhealthy no matter how much kale we eat. Which, by the way, can I just say that a lot of the health things that are out there is just somebody that made it up, and then they come back later and say, by the way, it didn't. We realize that didn't really work. But, I mean, eat kale if you want to, whatever. Um, human fitness. A man named Michael Lynch in the National Academy of Sciences wrote in 2009, human fitness is depleting, is declining at a rate of 3 to 5% per generation. We're literally falling apart at the seams. Now, some of our lifespan is attributed to our advances in medical technology, yes. Because if there was no medical technology to make up all of the falling apartness, then we'd be in really bad shape, right? Tonight we're talking about spiritual matters, but we're going to be looking at some crazy things. Let's start with an easy one. Trumpet sounds and sounds from heaven. Let me read a passage here in Revelation 14. We're going to turn on the volume. We're going to show you a few video clips. Revelation 14.2 says, I heard a sound from heaven like the roar of mighty ocean waves or the rolling of loud thunder. It was like the sound of many harpists playing together. Second Thessalonians talks about a trumpet that is blown. Revelation talks about trumpets that are blown. At the end of the day, there are things happening in the world right now that have been captured. Let's go through a couple of them here. Does anybody else see the angel in the cloud with the trumpet in their hand? Look, right there. That's just bonus. Next one. Now here's the recording made of this strange sound from all over the world. That might have just been tractor trailers driving through, I don't know. That's creepy, right? So far, no one knows what this sound is. Do I have any more? Oh, this is in the Holy Land. This is in Israel. See the circle? 
Revelation 14, 2, I heard a sound from heaven like the roar of mighty ocean waves, a rolling of loud thunder, and I was, it, it was like the sound of many harpists playing together. This is something that is in the future that John was seeing, but it's happening all over the world already. They don't know what's coming from. They don't know how it is. I did a study one time uh, on, uh, we were doing a series on Genesis on a Wednesday night, and I did a study on the wind. How can you, what? What scientific reason is there for wind? Where does it come from? Where does it go? If you're sitting in front of a box fan, you know it's coming from the box fan, right? They don't know. They said, yeah, it could be the moon. It could be the ocean. could be the atmosphere. Well, of course, it's the atmosphere. It's the wind. But they really don't know why it comes from this way to that. Did you know that? It's one of those things that people haven't been able to figure out these sounds in heaven, they can't figure out. Have you ever thought that maybe we're not supposed to figure it out? But the Bible tells us that these things are coming and these things are going to happen. Now, let's get to UFOs while we still have time. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11. I'll just tell you, it talks about people being deceived or the great deception. The great deception. People are deceived in the end days and believing things that aren't true. I'm trying to find it here real quick. Boom, boom, boom. Glasses. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11. So God will cause them to be greatly deceived. Other translations say the great delusion. And they will believe lies. These are lies coming from the Antichrist. Where we are right now, friends, is the world... Those that know, those that are, Moises said, it's like they're reading the playbook out of Revelation. Those that know something is coming, the rapture of the church, have to begin to figure out what in the world they're going to say when it happens. So those that truly have already kind of woke up to what Scripture says, but they have chosen the wrong team to be in the enemy's camp, they're saying, this is coming this is biblical. It's all lining up. We know it's going to happen. What are we going to say to people when it happens? Well, Hollywood has kind of already gone there. And how many of you guys understand that Hollywood is a machine that's supposed to be setting you up to accept things in the future? Now, whether you believe it or not, 1% to 3% of Americans will testify to being abducted by aliens. One to th this, this is 5 to 15 million people will testify that I got abducted by aliens. This morning I was talking to one of the ladies in our greater years, and, and she was sharing with me she had an experience at age 14 that she saw a UFO in the sky. Her mother saw 
a UFO in the sky. And then the very next day they saw it, she described it, she was telling me all about it. I was like, what in the world's going on? And she said, I felt a heaviness when I was looking at it. It was so weird. And the very next day it came out in the news articles that a lot of people had seen this phenomena happen. And then that night, the next night, they attached lights to a helicopter and flew around in the same pattern and the same news channel said, oh, by the way, that helicopter was flying around two nights ago and it flew out last night, so that's what you saw. Now, the Pentagon, world governments, and everybody else is falling in line with saying, listen, UFOs are out there, they're real. We need to figure out what they are. We're going to try to figure it out, but they're real, they're out there. Let's look at some stuff. Yeah, that one's, that one's really real, huh? There's three types that they see. This is just some information for you. Most of the time, these guys are fake. The second type is like orbs or glowing bulbs. It's got some facts that will come up after that. They're not solid. They're common. They appear, disappear, able to move very high speed, appear in swarms, filmed by NASA, change colors and shapes. Third type. Show of hands while we're watching some of this. Anybody ever seen anything that you just like, I don't know what that is? Show me. Okay. Listen, y'all can't be too, too spiritual for this. Anybody ever seen anything in the sky that you don't know what it is? Raise your hand. One more time. Anybody ever, not to pressure, but anybody ever seen something in the sky you're like, I don't know what that is? Raise your hand high. See? How many of you guys said, I ain't raising my hand. I'm not crazy. <laughs> Goodness. You're not crazy. That's what I'm trying to tell you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul talks about a third heaven. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it talks about the armor of God. And then it goes on to say that our battle is not against flesh and blood. Then what is it against? Princes and principalities of the air. Of the what? Air. If we say, God, show up in such a real way, there's this thing in Pentecostalism called Shekinah glory that we kind of adopted. It's an Old Testament word, but we've adopted. And so when we see a, a cloud hovering over a building, or I went to a summer camp one time and I saw, I turned around and I, I, I saw an angel that, that was hovering over one of the buildings there. I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Now, people that aren't spiritually aware of that will see a glow or a light or a something, and they'll call it a ghost or they'll call it a UFO. You with me? Now, here's the thing. You have to understand that who's pulling the strings of all these world leaders that are on the team of the enemy are being inspired, led by the nose, by the devil. Because if there's a deception that's going to be brought into the world that is connected somehow to UFOs, aliens, and the like, then these people have to be fully convinced that that's what that is. Paul mentions four dimensions, length, width, breadth, and height. When he talks about this, we understand that uh, breadth is mentioned three times in Scripture, Ephesians 3, Revelations 20, Revelations 21. Length is mentioned two time, three times in Scripture in two different verses, and depth is mentioned nine times. Height is mentioned seven, uh, six times, seven times in six different verses. I believe when it talks about length and breadth, it's talking about one thing. Height and depth are two different things, and I believe when it gets into the height, we're talking about the highest heavens 
we go into otherworldly or supernatural levels. The Bible tells us that the devil came before the throne of God to inquire about Job, right? How many of you guys understand that's a real place? The fact that we think it's, oh, it's above the space and it's above the thing. We don't know where it is, yes, but it's still a real place. And if it's a real place, then it must be in another dimension. Would you agree? A spiritual dimension. I'm going to heaven someday. And heaven's a real place. And yet when we talk about these things, we shouldn't look at it as, oh, that's just malarkey. We should put on the spiritual lens and say, God, is this something that is spiritual in nature? Metaphysical is what? Spiritual. If it's not physical, then it's, right? Not all spiritual is good. Spiritual warfare is both fallen angels and angels on God's team. The Holy Spirit is the one that gives us discernment. So let's go down a little rabbit hole here. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, let's go for it. Show me the alien. <laughs> I'm sorry. We talked about CERN. We talked about the Hydrant Collider. Leave this up. It's just like the woman in the red dress that all of you guys saying, why'd you make us look at that for so long? Anyway, take it down. We'll come back to it. We'll put it up in just a second. We talked about how they're trying to open, man is trying to open a portal into the spirit realm, not for good reasons, for bad. When they sit in a circle and have seances, they're trying to open a portal into the spirit realm, right? Now they're trying to scientifically do it. <laughs> It's, it's nuts, but it's also something that will happen before the end. The spiritual realm and the physical realm are going to be married in such a way because that's what it was in the days of Noah. The angels walked among men and even married the women. You with me? Now, that picture that you just saw, you don't have to put it back up. That picture that you just saw is an illustration. I'll tell you where it came from. In 1946, there was a man named uh, Aleister Crowley. You know who that is? He was a Satanist. Wasn't he the author of the Bible, Satanic Bible? He was. The author of Satanic Bible in 1946 got together with a guy named Jack Parsons. Jack Parsons was a rocket scientist and a rocket engineer. He worked for NASA and he worked for the Air Force. He was also an occultist and something called a, a Themite. So anyway, he was, he was deep into the spiritualism, but not Christianity by far. He and this um, Satanist, they got together, and in 1946, they had an area that they set up, did satanic rituals. And what they did is they accomplished in opening a portal, according to witnesses, and I, I read three sources, I read the same thing. They opened up a portal, according to witnesses, and something came out. Now, what they were doing, this thing that they were doing was actually called Babylon. That was the name of the rituals that they were doing to accomplish bringing forth what they considered to be the great whore of Babylon. Now, funny enough, in 1946 when they did this, this Satanist said that he saw an alien. And then he drew 
that picture. So now when you see movies and you see illustrations of aliens, a lot of times you see a gray-headed, big-headed type of thing with, right? This was in 1946 before any of that. So now all of that is either based on this deception or that's what he really saw. Now, why is this important? <laughs> come, on along, come along with me, friends. In 1946, the place where they held these satanic rituals was in New Mexico, just outside of Roswell. And right after this happened, the Roswell, New Mexico incident that became Area 51 took place and hasn't stopped since. Are you with me? There are things happening in our world that are of spiritual nature. We as believers are not to be afraid. But if I were just to come up here and tell you that, hey, Satan is the one that's in Roswell in Area 51, that's where all that nonsense is coming from, you'd be like, ah. But now that you know, in 1946, Jack Parsons, who worked in Area 51, who the biggest crater in the moon is named after, did you know that? Parsons Crater? It's all connected. Why is that important? It's important because at some point in the not-too-distant future, not only is it not going to be connected, but something's going to happen in a twinkling of an eye, and everybody's going to get on the same page and say, we're going to go against Christ who is returning with His bride. Now, all of that to say is this. A priest, a rabbi, and an imam it sounds like a joke, but it's not. <laughs> Jeez Louise. <laughs> ah, it's a punchline. Uh, listen, a priest, a rabbi, and an imam have been hired by NASA to begin to examine how the world will react when life on other planets is found. That's a true statement. That's not a punchline. The article's right here. And you have a guy named and Reverend, sorry, Reverend Dr. Andrew Davison considers the possibility of God creating life elsewhere in the universe based on his research at Princeton. Write a whole book about it. It is going to be published in 2022. The Pope said, in a Guardian article, that if an alien shows up at the Vatican demanding to be baptized, he would be willing to do so. Pope Francis said it? The article's right here? I mean, really? UFOs that cannot be... Let's go through some of these. Explain. Look at that black, squid-looking creature. This is filmed on someone's phone or camera outside of an airplane. Yeah, it's going to zoom in on it. Keep going. Just roll through these. Do you see that right next to the light pole? Keep going. Yeah, not that one. Skip all the... Skip that. No, I got more than that. 
Oh, no, I don't. Yeah, this is the plasma ring. So it's going to zoom in. So it says there, 2017, May 4th in Poland, an unusual object, object in the sky, 10 p.m. at Southern Sky. So this 500-millimeter lens picked this thing up. Two days later, it's still visible in the same position. Now, Ezekiel talks about a wheel within a wheel, talks about a being with four faces and moves from here to there and doesn't change direction, only moves quickly. There is a spirit beside it that tells it where to go, and then it goes. So all of these things are creatures that are trying to be described by a prophet in the Old Testament. And these are things that sound very spacey and UFO-y to me. Now, spiritual warfare, my opinion is there are some things that people see in the sky that are just phenomena that can't be explained. There's nothing there, right? You got a cloud in your eye, you know, you're, you closed your eyes too long. How many of you guys ever close your eyes and put your hands on it when you're little and then you see stars real, a lot? Anybody ever do that? Just me? Mom, sorry, I shouldn't have done that. It messed up my eyesight. Now I got to wear glasses. Um, <laughs> you could see the universe if you did that. Trust me, just don't do it too long. Um, so there are things that are just chalked up to nothing. But I do believe that people see battles in the heavens, spiritual beings, angels, fallen angels, see things in the heavens that are of spiritual nature. It's going on. When you sense something, you feel it in your spirit. As a believer, as someone who's full of the Holy Spirit, there's times when you may walk into an area or into a place and you feel like something is wrong or, wow, I feel the presence of God in this place, right? Now, these things are happening way out there, way out there in, in, uh, in space or in the heavens. But how many of you guys understand that the Bible is constantly talking about things like chariots of fire. The servant that goes out and looks and sees nothing in the sky and they're doomed. I think it was Elijah, Elisha's servant. He goes out and sees, oh, and then he goes back out and I see angels in the heavens. I see an army of angels. These are things that are in the heavenlies that are of a spiritual nature that God could give us catches of uh, a glimpse for that. Now, how in the world can you bring the world together after a tragedy? There's a saying that says a common enemy, enemy brings unity, right? So if the world as a whole is fighting against some alien race that just kidnapped millions of people off the earth, see how quickly that could... All they have to do is say at one time on the news and everybody left behind is going to go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I get it. Do we need to get a booster or something? I mean, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. Stop. Sorry. <laughs> but like I've told you before, there is a conditioning going on in our world to see how far they can take, you know, not just our freedoms, but kind of steer how we think, Right? And when they get to the line and they kind of push up against it and tractor trailers start driving, it's like, oh, okay, well, we got, might have to back up a little bit. But when pilots and doctors and nurses and basically the backbone, the church of society, because I still believe that the church is the best thing in this world, disappears, then what's left? Days of Noah. Now everyone here, everything they think is evil, right? 
Now, I believe there's going to be a great revival in the land, but I also going to believe that I also do believe that there's going to be many people deceived, and it really makes sense to me for them to. Why would they not prepare us now to believe in UFOs, aliens, and, and the like? Because it's such a leap from there are no aliens to the aliens did it. Are you with me? So don't be surprised if all the crazies that came from crazy town, this is one thing I wanted to share with you. Let me see if I got it. Uh, where is it? I'm out of time. gone. Do you wind, you wind, the, wind the clock back? Aliens wind the clock back for me? <laughs> Seriously, there was um, two men who set out, one was a Frenchman and the other one was American, and they set out to disprove UFOs and aliens. And one guy was Jay, and Jay, Jay, yeah, that was the French guy. The American guy starts with a J. Anyway, he spent his whole life trying to disprove aliens and what started out as a skeptic became not just a believer, but accepted that it's real. Both of them said the same thing at the end of their research. This is not something from another galaxy or another world. This is something demonic. Both of them were atheists. Both of them. So if both of them went out and said, let's prove it not real. And then both of them came to the same conclusion independent of one another that said, this is not only spiritual in nature, but demonic in nature. Then who are we to say that, oh, it's just a blip in the sky? Why, why is that important? It's important because when you start watching these news stories roll out, Luke chapter 14, 12 tells us to look up. That's what Luke chapter 21, 26, I'm sorry, tells us to look up. Men and women, people will be terrified of what's to come. Our responsibility is to look up for salvation is near. Amen? Bow your heads with me. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for allowing us to explore these things together. Pray, God, that you would give us discernment and also give us a heart and a passion to share this gospel, this good news with people, Lord, so they don't have to be here for the judgment that comes. Lord Jesus, your promise is that the judgment upon the world would be shortened for the, those, that have, those that are elect, that have chosen to serve you. And so, Lord, we trust you with that, that, God, you have not created us for wrath, but, Lord, you will, you will come again to take us home. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to Pastor's Prophecy Hour on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you want to hear more from Greater Life Church, subscribe to the Greater Life Church podcast. Links to both are on our website, greaterlife.church.